Hello, friends. This is episode five of Get Up in the Cool, wherein one of my favorite people ever, Bach Bowie, plays James Bryan playing Mac Blaylock. I'll let Bach explain the details, but suffice it to say, you probably haven't heard these tunes, as they are mostly extinct in jams and unavailable digitally. We got ourselves a little Get Up in the Cool exclusive. Bach wants these little numbers back in circulation, so I encourage you to play along. But be forewarned, these tunes are not for the faint of heart. I mean, they're easy listening, but difficult to play. They're like full of crooked squirrels. And I had to invent some banjo techniques in order to play along. But once you get the trick of the tune, it's like you understood it all along. So take the time to catch one and share it at your local gym. Uh, jam. I want to be the very best. Gotta catch them all. Make sure to stick around after the interview to find out how to access this week's bonus track. It's me and Bach jamming on Farewell Tryon, one of my favorite tunes. All right, let's get started. Bach Bowie, everybody. Thank you. 
great. <laughs> you make me work so hard. That is incredible. Okay, uh, Bach Bowie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, welcome Cameron. to the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, describe describe our setting. Where are we right now? Well, right now we're at the Black Creek Fiddler's Revival. It's the it's a rainy Sunday. Um, yeah, we're at an all-time festival in Altamont, New York. Yeah, we're on the on the stage, uh, although um, no one's in the audience. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. So what's the tune that we just played? So that tune is called Rabbit in the Grass. Rabbit in the Grass. Yeah, it comes from Alabama. Yeah. Uh, what What's like the theme of our of our episode today? Like, so I thought it'd be cool. Uh, so there's this record called Lookout Blues by one of my favorite fiddlers named James Bryan. And it's a fantastic record, but what's really cool about it is um, there's a whole bunch of tunes um, that come from a fiddler named Mac Blaylock, who comes from the same hometown um, in Mentone, Alabama, as James Bryan. And as far as I know, it's like the only recordings I know of these tunes. So these are all tunes written by Mac Blaylock. Uh, and I was played by James Bryan on Lookout Blues. Awesome. Are these, um, do you hear these at festivals, at jams? I never hear these tunes, and they're so good. And uh, yeah. they're just, like, as a fiddle player, they're just, like, really, really nice tunes because they're all kind of crooked in different ways. They yeah. have, like, a really nice, like, harmonic structure to them. They're really, like, a, like a really nice melodic sense. They're just, they're, these are just great tunes to play, yeah. For the record, I... Uh, had a lot of work to do preparing for this weekend, doing three <laughs> episodes of this podcast, and uh, I spent the most time by far on <laughs> on these tunes. They're very difficult on banjo, and uh, I'm sure they're difficult on, on, on fiddle, too. Um, especially this first chunk of tunes that we're doing. It's a medley right. mm -hmm. of three pretty similar tunes. Yeah, yeah. So the... Uh, the first one we played was called Rabbit in the Grass, and um, on that record, Lookout Blues, um, James Bryan plays uh, a set of three tunes, all from Mac Blaylock. Uh, he calls them the Blaylock Medley, and that's the first one. They're all in G, they're all crooked, and just like really nice. And like, they, they kind of pair really well together. Uh, well, what's next? What's next uh, one in the medley? So the next one is this tune called Wild Shoat. Wild Shoat. What is a shoat? I, I believe a shoat, a shoat is a kind of a wild pig. Okay. Yeah. Let's play Wild Show. All right. Here it comes. Thank you. 
You sound so great. Thanks, man. <laughs> that was so awesome. Bach was smiling every time I went. <laughs> That's uh, I that took me a while to figure out that. <laughs> you don't hear stuff like that. On yeah. the so awesome. Um. All right. So I would like you to tell me the story of how three young Vietnamese Americans in Houston, Texas, grew up to all play uh, traditional American music. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I was. I was born in California, but I grew up uh, most of my life in Houston, Texas, and I have two brothers. Um, my older brother, Dan, is a professional bluegrass mandolin player, and he's like just a tremendous bluegrass mandolin player. My younger brother, Kim, he played guitar uh, with us for a long time when we were growing up. Did so, you guys have a family band? We did. <laughs> Are there recordings? Um, there's probably some recordings somewhere, but I'll leave it as an exercise to you to find them. <laughs> All right. I will dig for this. I really want to see. How how old were you when you started T- playing together? Playing together. So we started when I was in middle school. Are so you youngest, middle, oldest? I'm the middle. middle the middle? Of the okay. three of us, yeah. Uh, so I was in middle school. My brother is a year older, and my younger brother is uh, two years younger than me. Uh, so I don't know. I guess I was, how old are you then? Like 12, 13 yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 Probably the only Vietnamese... <laughs> trad acoustic trio right. in Houston. <laughs> right? Yeah. I thought it was of note. Um, here's quick, quick side from the music. Growing up with the name Bach, your yeah. brother's name is Dan and Kim, right? Yeah, yeah. And you got Bach. Right, How yeah. did you feel about that? <laughs> uh, you know, I really didn't like my name growing up. Um, but, I know, I was, it was just a weird name. It's... Uh, yeah, it's weirder than uh, Dan or Kim. <laughs> well, I, actually, so let's let's tell the story of the names please. of all of us. Please. Uh, so my brother's name is Dan, which is I think my parents wanted names for their children that um, would be familiar to American people, since yeah. like you know they came over during the Vietnam War. Wow. Um, okay. So they were uh, refugees of the war, and when they had kids, I think you know they wanted them still to have Vietnamese names, but names that were still, you know, familiar. So oh. my brother's name is Dan, but in Vietnamese, it's actually Dan, which is... Interesting. It actually, it literally means a musical instrument or a piano or Perfect. even to, like to play Perfect. a musical instrument by, like, you could use that as a verb, like, yeah. to, to play a musical instrument. And then uh, my name is Bach, and there's a Vietnamese name that's spelled similarly, B-A-C, mm-hmm. uh, but my, when I was born, um, my father at the time was listening to a lot of Johann Sebastian Bach yeah. uh, records and everything. And he just really loved that. And so he thought it would be kind of like a, a, a pun to yeah. do this. But also, it's a, it's a Chinese word and a Vietnamese word that's borrowed from Chinese that means a kind of tree. Uh, okay. It's like this white oak tree that grows in uh, the northern part of Vietnam. And then my younger brother's name is Kim, but it's in Vietnamese, it's Kim. Kim. Which is um, a blade or a knife yeah. or like a sword. Uh, and then they could also be used as a verb to, to wield a weapon of some right. sort. And so when you put the three names together, it's actually Dan Bakim, which means to wield or like to play yeah. um, a wooden, like made out of this kind of tree, this white pine tree, sword. Like my, and uh, that's it's a metaphor for poetry. This is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about your, I wasn't going to ask you that much about your parents necessarily, but now, <laughs> yeah, what... Uh, why are they so uh, intentional and artistic about the way that they named you? Did that cross over into the their parenting after they named you? And you all are, I mean, I, I haven't heard Kim, but you, you're all, as far as I know, awesome musicians. 
and must have had some encouragement. Sure. I mean, you know, my dad played violin back in Vietnam, but yeah. I've actually never really heard him play it since coming over here. Um, but they, you know, they love music, and um, my dad, um, back in Vietnam, his family, like historically, had been a family of scholars in the northern part of the country. Yeah. And um, they, you know, studied a lot of poetry, especially Chinese poetry. Yeah. And um, uh, so my dad's like, his outside of his work, his main thing is actually translating uh, Chinese poetry into Vietnamese and English. So wow, that's <laughs> awesome. I, I don't know I how that. he could have planned to have three sons and name each one of them <laughs> like this thing, but you know, that's, that's how it worked out, yeah. Yeah, man, I just, I'm speechless. I'm really happy about that story. <laughs> that's perfect. That's so good. Uh, I thought they just like, I mean, I've heard some like, some like horror stories of like, uh, you know, um, immigrants uh, naming their kids something that is awesome in their language uh-huh. and not awesome in where they live. <laughs> sure, yeah. You know, like um, dung or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, is that a Vietnamese name? That's my mom's name. That's your mom's name? Yeah. It's like, yeah, inherently, you know, um, not what it means in English, you know, but it's like, it's such a shame. I, sure, yeah. I grew up with, uh, um, someone in my school who's um, uh, Iranian and her mm. name was Fatima which is like a beautiful name mm. but you know like kids in America you know like kids yeah. growing up is a different name it sounds weird you know and like she got made fun of like a lot for it so like that's uh, not that it wouldn't have been okay for you to have like a name that you would have always had to explain how to pronounce for, for your yeah, entire sure, life. Yeah. But it is cool that your parents, like, uh, that your dad, your dad specifically was the one that named you. Yeah. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's cool that he put that much thought into it and, like, constructed. That's, like, perfect. I've never heard of that before. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a cool, it's a cool thing. He's a cool dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you're classically trained via, uh, uh, violin player. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming that's where you started. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, when I was around nine years old. Yeah. Nine. And, w- and what about your brothers? Uh, so my older brother played uh, violin. We were both played yeah. violin mm-hmm. at the same time. Uh, we had, you know played piano growing up sure. as well. And then my younger brother, he um, pretty quickly when pretty early on, like starting when he was 10 or something, started playing guitar. Yeah. Um, and he also played trumpet. He's a, a great trumpet player as well. So yeah. school orchestra situation. Yep. yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We were lucky that, you know, where we went to school, they had like great yeah. string programs and like we just private lessons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And when did violin playing turn into fiddling? Well, you know, so um, I don't, people may not realize this, but like the mandolin is a traditional Vietnamese instrument what? as well. And um, my grandparents had a mandolin hanging up on their wall, like huh. um, when we were growing up, and we never, we never played it. It was like kind of like a display thing. I it's, don't think it was really functional. And when you say traditional instrument, you mean I'm assuming brought over from like French occupation? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yep. not yep. like some sort of analog to the mandolin no no it was probably brought over from when the jesuits came into you know southeast asia um okay so way before yeah so in colonial vietnam probably that's when it came over yeah yeah interesting 
So mandolin. Yeah, so there's this mandolin hanging up, and um, my brother always wanted to play it. And then, you know, uh, at some point, we convinced our grandparents to let us have this thing. And yeah. So, you know, but, you know, it was like 30-year-old strings on it. It was like it was totally unplayable. Was but it we, like an heirloom? Like, was it like an important... I believe they brought it over from Vietnam, yeah. How many things were they able to bring over from Vietnam? Well, uh, so th- this is my, my mother's family. And yeah. uh, my mom, she snuck out of the country after the war officially ended. Yeah. So um, after um, the American presence in the Vietnam War like ended, the yeah. North eventually like, conquered the South. And her family lived in Saigon. Well, what was then Saigon, now Ho Chi Minh yeah. City. And... Um, after the war ended, you know, the government seized um, my uh, mother's family's business. And so, yeah. like, they were kind of in dire straits. Yeah. And, but my mother kind of, <laughs> in the middle of the night, I don't know if I told you the story, but in the middle of the night, uh, she snuck out of the country on a raft uh, without telling anybody. Like, just yeah. like her and a bunch of her friends um, went out into the ocean. And they were trying to get, I believe, to Indonesia. Um, and they were out just in, at sea for about a week before they were picked up by a Japanese ship. Yeah. And so then she spent a bunch of time in Japan. But um, anyway, <laughs> once she was in the Japanese refugee camp, uh, she was sponsored to come over to uh, the United States, and she yeah. landed in Duluth, Minnesota. Yeah. And um, once she was here um, as a refugee, uh, she was able to sponsor the rest of her family to come over one by one. But it took about 11 years to get yeah. everyone finally over. Wow. But my grandparents were the last ones to come over. Her yeah. parents were the last ones to come over. And that was in 1987. Yeah. Um, but at that point, you know, relations between Vietnam and America were, you know, had improved considerably. Yeah. And, you know, it was, they were able to just get on a plane and like fly over. They yeah. could afford to. Yeah. Take the time to bring the mandolin. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I was curious about that. Okay. So, Dan started playing mandolin. Dan started playing mandolin, and, you know, uh, at that point, we just started listening to, you know, whatever mandolin music we could find. Yeah. So, a lot of, like, David Grisman stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, <laughs> and kind of embarrassingly, some uh, jam band stuff as well, because mm-hmm. there was, like, you know, mandolin picture there. And some some great- names, please. <laughs> so, uh, uh, the string cheese incident also had. I've heard of string cheese incident. Well, they also have an, an Asian American uh, mandolin player in the band. Yeah. And, uh, maybe that was part of it. I don't know. So Dan was into yeah. them. And then there's also this other group called uh, the Jazz Mandolin Project that my brother was really into. Um, but, you know, at the, at the same time, we were growing up in Texas. And so we were also listening to Waylon Jennings and yeah. um, a lot of the Outlaw Country stuff. And uh, there was, you know, a lot of Western Swing where we grew yeah. up in Houston. There were a lot of people who played that. And so um, when Dan was looking to learn about playing mandolin, you know, yeah. th- those were the kind of tunes that he'd be playing. Yeah. Um, but as far as getting to old time, it wasn't until I moved to Boston about five years ago where I met people who, you know, really were into the playing of, like, traditional like, yeah. Southern Appalachian music that um, I really even understood what that was or, yeah. you know, learned tunes. At How all. long ago was that? Well, I moved to Boston about five years ago, and I s- probably like four, three or four years ago started playing old time. Yeah, right on. Yeah. And had you been playing? Had you been keeping up with violin up until that point? Yeah, you know, in college, <laughs> I played. I 
took lessons. I, sure. I wasn't a music major, but I took lessons at the college as well and yeah. uh, played in the symphony there. And then um, when I moved, when I left school, when I lived in Washington, D.C. for about two years, I played with the uh, Washington Philharmonic Orchestra out cool. there. Yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Let's pick that up after we do this final tune yeah. of the medley. What is it called? So this is Max Breakdown. Max Breakdown. Yeah, from Matt Blaylock. Uh, via James Bryan. M A C K. M A C K. Not M A X breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> Max breakdown. Well, there should be a tune called that too, but yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Max breakdown. There you go. Oh my goodness, that is awesome. Sometimes, like 
yeah, I know I have to like fill space after these tunes, but sometimes I just like oh, I just want to soak that in for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Whoo! Awesome. Cleared my sinuses. <laughs> Good tunes. All right, so Boston. Boston. You started playing old time music because everyone is like an acoustic music virtuoso in Boston. There's so many just amazing yeah, musicians yeah. there. And what's what's incredible is there are a lot of people who just grew up playing Irish music or yeah. Scottish music yeah. or um, you know like old time music or like bluegrass and yeah. stuff. And you know it just. You know, you just have as your friends and peers like these people who are just tremendous resources for yeah, everything. Yeah. It's you know, it's it's a great what, place to live for that. Did did you was to the to you? I'm sorry. Was that intimidating or like inspiring, or both, or like how was that? What was that like? It was. I mean, it's it's definitely intimidating sometimes. You know, right. like when when I first started going and playing with people, yeah. without understanding you know the difference yeah. between like you know like old country stuff and bluegrass music yeah. and like you know canadian fiddling stuff like and just thinking yeah. it was all just this one right. thing you know, you know because it, you you had been playing traditional music with your brothers but it wasn't necessarily at like i would say it was like kind of stuff that was rooted in american traditional music but we never like thought about listening to old records sure like, you know, sure it sure. was always was well, I guess like at the time Waylon Jennings was. Was it older. songs, instrumental stuff, everything? What What were you guys playing? I'm sorry, I needed to jump back because I wanted sure, to clarify yeah. that. Yeah, like in, in Texas, you mean? Yeah, yeah, in Texas with your. Yeah, yeah, it was like mostly songs. You know, like, okay. we were like playing in like bands. You know, okay, like, cool. like you know, yeah. Okay, so Boston. So Boston, you know, and I, you know, wanted to learn, you know, fiddle tunes, and so I was like playing, you know, just what I thought of as, you know, just fiddle tunes, but then, mm. um, you know. At the same time, when I was in college, I think another big part of this was um, pretty early on, like I got a hold of the Smithsonian Anthology of American Folk Music. Yeah. Um, and that was probably like the first source recordings I really like heard of, like, you know, like field recordings of mm -hmm. like, you know, like Uncle Bunt Stevens and um, Hoyt Ming and things like that. And I remember really, really like liking that stuff, but you know, I had no context of like where that was from or how yeah. it fit in with like anything else. And so when I met people um, in Boston who were, you know, could play Sally Ann, I was just like, what? Like this is, you know, yeah, yeah. this is great. I thought you know? this was only yeah, I thought this was like a only scratchy old seventy eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was it was amazing. Great. Um, shoot, what was I gonna ask? Uh, the transition. From did you have to change anything about the way that you played for fiddle? You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like what was well, like how was it? Obviously you did, but like what was like challenging? What came like really naturally? You know? Sure. Did you have to drop certain things like habits that took a while? I mean, the biggest thing was that as far as like learning new tunes. Um, I think, you know, having had a classical background, people rely on yep. reading music and yep. uh, being a part of like an oral tradition yeah. is like really different. And then there's also a bunch of stylistic things like the bowing of all this stuff is yeah. just like really different and crazy. Yeah, and then just the idea of wanting to have like be this like rhythmic kind of percussive, yeah. you know, 
kind of sound on a stringed instrument was like kind of new. That's not something, you know, in classical music, the sense of rhythm is so kind of subtle, you know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, and then whereas when you're playing, <laughs> it's like, conducted. It's kind of, yeah, <laughs> this is kind of like dance music. It's just like, which is why it's so exciting yeah. as like a string player to play this because you yeah. could be like that percussive rhythmic totally. part of this thing. And that's, I mean, that's like just, you know, totally a different yeah. mindset about how to play. For, uh, for people who, I've met a fair amount of classical violinists who want to get into old time music or mm. other traditional fiddle music. Like yeah. what, maybe let's just keep it to what, what was helpful in like learning tunes? How did you learn to learn tunes by ear? You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. Like what was that process like? What advice would you give? Sure. Um, I guess when learning by ear, like, it's always super helpful to listen really closely and then sing it to yourself before yeah. even like picking up your instrument. Yeah. And then uh, like just really have like a really like clear idea of like how this is going. And then mm. also like, you know, while you're listening to it, like I would allow yourself to kind of like, and you're singing it in your head, yeah. like maybe, like allow your kind of like whole body to like feel like the pulse of everything and like kind of like even if you're sitting down still like kind of like feel the, the dancing pulse of this because yeah. that's really the the whole point of it kind totally. of yeah um I keep uh there's another I don't know if this is going to come through but there's but there's a jam yeah. happening a little ways away it's hopefully awesome. it's not too much of it. it's like a little background so if we ever seem distracted it's because <laughs> it's because of that <laughs> Uh, we couldn't get that far away from the tunes because there's still people here. Yep. <laughs> even though yep. a lot of them have left. Uh, okay. Um, singing it to yourself. I also noticed that you uh, you sort of like pits it out sometimes first. Is that helpful? Do you sure. always do that, or like when you're learning a new tune, or um, or is that more I of a do. courtesy thing? No, I mean I do when I'm listening to a record, so yeah. I can hear the yeah. record while I'm kind of like working it out myself yeah. too but oh here's yeah. a good question sure how much of your time playing uh learning new tunes uh -huh. and 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 keeping them is from listening to source recordings how much time is from listening to modern recordings sure. based on source recordings yeah uh and how much time is just like how many how much time is in live settings learning something on the spot and keeping it sure three-part question yeah. go <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't think I've ever been in a session where someone's played a tune, like a new tune to me, yeah. where I heard it and then I walked away being like, okay, I know how to play that. Like, that just that just doesn't happen. Okay. But what normally happens is, you know, they like play it for me and I'm like, okay, and I just think that's like the coolest tune yeah. ever. Like, I'm going to just try to like remember, you yeah. know, you know, if it's like a three part tune, if it's like cricket in the section, like what key it's in, like that right. sort of stuff. And just kind of like the basic idea of like how the melody goes, things yeah. like that. And then, you know, I really do try to find a good rec source recording of it yeah. somewhere. Uh, but where sometimes you, it's a modern recording. Your, where do you find your source recordings? Uh, Slippery Hill, just like everyone Slippery else. Hill? Yeah. <laughs> like <Yeah>. everyone else. <laughs> Great. Um, but then also, you know, I just ask people. Dot net, then, right? For those of you who want to get into source recordings, isn't yeah. it dot net? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That it's, or, the, you know, there's like the Fiddler's Companion. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, it's internet junkie. Have you heard of Dr. Fiddle? No. Okay, this is like an open call to Dr. Fiddle. I read your transcription of huh. There's a Brown Skin Girl Down the Road Somewhere by Eck Robertson, and uh, it was awesome and super helpful because that tune's very confusing. <laughs> and then, next Eck Robertson tune that I wanted to learn, I looked up Dr. Fiddle. Uh -huh. Complete erasure of internet presence. Oh. Like, 
the sides down. I couldn't even like, it wasn't even like, this side is broken, you know? It yeah. was like nothing. It's like it never existed. <laughs> Dr. Fiddle, all it, the uh, he or she had um, transcriptions of the of the, all of the double stops and stuff, like the fiddle, mm -hmm. and then like what the tune is, sure. you know? Like the fake book version of it. And, uh, and all the recordings, it was all organized. I don't know if it's still around, but whoever you are, Dr. Fiddle, please put your stuff back up because it was really helpful for when you want to learn a tune that just you can cannot decode, like what's going on. Anyway. <laughs> well, now I want to check this out. Yeah, maybe so you please can, do that. Yeah, maybe maybe, you should, <laughs> maybe uh, Dr. Fiddle just didn't uh, pay GoDaddy or whatever for mm. like, <laughs> just like kept procrastinating, like re-upping the, yeah. the domain or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. But... Your needed resource. <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's get tuned and play. Um, uh, off she goes. All right. right. Yeah. C C tune. C tune. All right. No, actually, I'm I'm sorry. I changed my mind. Okay. Let's do the D tune first. Okay. We got a tune to that. I mean, I got a tune. You're in standard of this yep. whole thing. So, smash cut to soap suds over the fence. Yep. I should say that there's also a jig. Of this, with the same name. Uh, okay. Um, but this is a different, different tune altogether. Is it an Irish jig? Maybe. Yeah. There are American jigs, aren't there? Yeah. I'm a climber banjoist. I don't really know about jigs. <laughs> They're basically impossible to play, <laughs> 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 or at least in a jam setting. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Soap suds under uh, over. <laughs> Soap suds over the fence. Over the fence. Uh, here it comes.
I can't believe we made it through that one. <laughs> I can't believe you learned that one. That's awesome. Uh, people, other people actually do know that one, right? I feel like I've heard that yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not that any of this is a waste, but I would like to... <laughs> I'd like to bring it up in a jam or two and not totally bust it. <laughs> no, that's what I like about this show is that we get to play a lot of jam busters yeah. because we have like a little bit of time. Well, hopefully people will learn these tunes from yes. the recordings and then we can play them when we all see each other. Learn these Mac Blaylock. Blaylock, yeah. Learn these Mac Blaylock tunes and we will have Max Max Bla uh, breakdowns <laughs> together. It'll be great. Sure. In any way, does it suck that I brought up uh, having to bring up your mom's name as an example of a name that doesn't translate well in, in English? And should I edit that out? <laughs> like, if she were to listen to it, would that, like, bum her out? You know what I mean? Because I think it's an interesting point uh -huh. about, but I also don't want to, like, I don't hurt, think so. I don't want to, like, hurt her feelings, you know? Um, I would say... She went into the ocean at 16. Like she can, she's yeah, she's the toughest person I know. So awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. Yeah. I had a similar experience when I, uh, whenever I introduced myself to like one of my newer Puerto Rican students, or like I was just in Guatemala with my family uh, going to language school, yeah. and uh, a lot of names translate. Um like directly and are shared. Mm -hmm. Cameron, Scottish name, means like a, a wry nose or like a broken nose. I'm guessing oh. it was like some sort of Scottish chieftain or something who got in a fight and got his nose broke or something like that. Sure. Yeah. You know, that's my theory. Uh, but uh, in Spanish, do you speak Spanish? No, I don't. In, in Spanish, the closest word to Cameron is Camarones, which is yeah. shrimp. Yeah. <laughs> I was just about to say, yeah. Like, no. So I got a lot of weird looks. And then whenever I, uh, <laughs> whenever I would introduce myself to someone, huh? either one of my students or someone in Guatemala, uh, and I would get that like sort of look from them, I'd be like, not shrimp, you know. <laughs> That's very good. Uh, yeah. Me llama Cameron, pero uh, no, no, no soy un uh, camarone, <laughs> or something like that. <coughs> right in, correct my Spanish. All right, we are approaching the end. We have one oh, tune soon. left to go. Yeah. Um, what is that tune? What are we playing? It's called Off She Goes. Off She Goes. Correct. Do you know why this is called this? I really don't. Yeah. It's like, you know, I tried looking for some sort of, you know, record of what all these things are. But, the, you yeah. know, the best I can do is Mac Blaylock. These are from Mentone, Alabama. But, yeah. 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 Actually, well, later we're going to play Feral Tryon. Yeah. Like, I do Bonus know, track. I do know where that, that's from. Yeah. Great. Well, maybe we'll include that in the uh, sure. yeah. in said track. All right. Uh, thanks so much for being uh -huh. on the show and yeah. having me ask you questions sure. and giving great answers. Oh, is by it... the way, this is there's also a jig called Off She Goes. Oh, this good is to not know. That tune, though. Good to know. Yeah, that's right. definitely an Irish jig. Yeah. Bach Bowie uh, playing Off She Goes.
We'll leave you with this. I'm gonna come in late. I'm gonna let you start it. <laughs> okay. is so so lovely he keeps giving me things he stayed at our house a while back when he passed through philly and he left us this choice jasmine tea then a couple weeks ago i saw him at the harry smith frolic where i recorded rachel and helen and he said hey i made something for becca to say thank you for hosting me and i was like you already gave us something stop it then later that night at his campsite he fed everyone green curry that he made from scratch and pressure canned and when I say from scratch, I mean he grew the vegetables himself and pounded his own curry paste, and it was dope. It was so good. I was so impressed. Then he signed up on Patreon to give me money every time I release an episode. I, I just, I can't, I don't know what to say. Thank you, Bach. Everyone loves you because you deserve it because you're the best. Yeah, that'll do. If you want to support Get Up In The Cool, share a link on Facebook, preferably from your podcasting app, so that if someone clicks on it, it opens in the appropriate app on their phone. If you want to support the show financially, thanks! Go to my website, CameronDeWitt.com, and click on the button that says Patreon. If you subscribe at the $5 an episode level, you can hear me and Bach play Farewell Tryon. That's all for this week. If you're at Clifftop right now, 
I hope you're having a lovely, magical time. It's Wednesday, and your phone's been dead for days. Even if it wasn't, you're in the mountains. You don't have enough bars to listen to this right now, and why would you? Save it for the long ride home. Drive safe, friends. And see you next week for more Get Up in the Cool.